What's happening? Welcome to the Matt Bernier Show, part of the In the Money Media Network. My name is Matt Bernier. You can follow me on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. Today is Friday, September the 15th, 2023. It's episode 172 of the pod. However you listen, thank you for doing so. You can find the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Bernier Show. You will get this show along with the 171 prior episodes as always please rate review subscribe thumbs up thumbs down comments beneath the video player whatever else it may be just interactions helps the folks that in the money push things out to advertisers and uh, overall just makes the content a little bit better and helps helps on many fronts let's put it that way uh, and if you are subscribed to all of these feeds whether they're podcast feeds or the youtube channel You'll know when new content has been uploaded, whether it's this show, whether it's the Players Pod, whether it's JK Plus One, whether it is Horse Players Happy Hour, you name it. Any show that In The Money Media produces, uh, you can find it in the podcast feeds or on the YouTube channel. This week's show, we are on the cusp of the Woodbine Mile, and before we dive into the full nitty-gritty of what this show is, there's not going to be any real handicapping. It's going to be similar to what I did probably a few months ago. I wanted to get up over the 1,000 race threshold. We're going to update the stats for the selections put out with FanDuel TV and NBC as well. I believe the sample is currently 1,019 races. So we'll dive into that, parse through it. Um, some ups, some downs, some things have changed slightly, but uh, just there are broader takeaways, I think, for both for myself and for hopefully those of you playing that maybe you don't keep records, and, and maybe it's something that you should consider going forward. And now we are a full weekend of the NFL season. Last night was Thursday Night Football for Week 2. Projections are back, baby. And they're going to be back at the end of all of these shows right through the end of the year. I think right now my last show is scheduled to be middle of December, um, with acknowledging that I will not be doing a show. I'll be doing a show next week, but not the following week doing a show before Pennsylvania Derby, but the following week I'll be off. Uh, But the last show of this show, anyway, for this calendar year should be middle of December. So at the end of each one of these pods going forward, you're going to get my projections for the National Football League. Those of you that may be new when you haven't listened in years past, I build out models, predictive models, and many people do that these days. But um, for me, it has really been beneficial because you take the subjectivity out of it. I'm just throwing in data, I let it do its thing, and it spits out numbers. And that's what I go off of. So this will be the reintroduction of the NFL projections at the end of the show. But before we dive into all that, we have some sponsors that we need to tip our cap to and give them some shine. Let's begin with Adelphi, Adelphi Racing Club. They had a tremendous year so far, uh, led by their stakes winning and graded stakes placed New York Red Philly Funny How. Adelphi is also primed to have a big second half of 2023 with several other horses set to compete in stakes races, including Community Adjusted, Gem Mint 10, and Zirati. Our partners are particularly excited to unveil their class of 11 two-year-olds over the coming months. Quite simply, there has never been a better time to be a partner. If you're looking for a collaborative ownership, excuse me, let me try that again. If you're looking for a collaborative horse ownership experience that offers a fiscally sustainable approach to horse ownership, then Adelphi Racing is the right fit for you. We're not just another syndicate, and our members aren't just investors. We are partners. Contact us today to get a taste of the Adelphi experience. These are all the ways that you can do so. 
adelphiracing.com. Email matt at adelphiracing.com and on social media, Instagram at Adelphi underscore racing and on Twitter at Adelphi Club. Be sure to check out our friends at Adelphi Racing, especially, again, it's there are many syndicates out there, but these folks do it a little bit differently. So uh, touch base with Matt and see if you want to get involved. Breeders' Cup. We're thrilled to be partnered again with the Breeders' Cup for 2023. This weekend features three win-in-your-in races from north of the border with our friends at Woodbine. That's why I'm whispering. I'm in a hotel because I'm five minutes from the track getting ready for the Woodbine Mile. The Rico Woodbine Mile, speak the devil, is a win-in-your-in for the FanDuel Mile. And it's coupled with a couple of two-year-old win-in-your-in stakes, the Bet365 Summer Stakes and the Johnny Walker Natalma Stakes with winners earning spots in the Juvenile Turf and the Juvenile Phillies Turf, respectively. Additionally, all entry fees for the winners will be covered and a $10,000 reward to the nominator. Be sure to stay tuned to In The Money Media for all of your Breeders' Cup coverage. It's the Breeders' Cup Challenge Series win, and you are in. Uh, I'm up here with Edzo. We are going to be on the NBC show, 5 to 6 Eastern. We will have the Natalma and the Woodbine Mile. I still have a little bit of work to do. Uh, but I will say this. I have no intention of going against Master of the Seas. I know he's going to be odds-on. The Natalma is a giant field. I have no idea who's going to go in the summer versus the Natalma because there's a handful of fillies that are cross-centered. But there's another good dolphin horse coming in, and I could be wrong. I'm going to firm this up because I have, I'm going to hopefully interview Charlie Appleby's assistant as part of the show. Uh, Godolphin have won with their last seven runners here at Woodbine. I know it's seven of the last eight, but I'm fairly certain it is the last seven consecutive. So Master of the Seas and the Philly breaking from the rail and the Talma, probably going to be tough. But you can check out more of that. And I'll probably throw some selections up over at FanDuel TV if you're looking for picks tvg.com and the tvg mobile app okay let's get into speaking of fanduel tv did it a few months ago and a combination of things for transparency but also i think it's really important for gamblers to know strengths weaknesses um is there signal in some data is it a lot of noise is it a combination you know you got to kind of parse through and find what is indicative of success and what is just sort of flash in the pan luck but i have a thousand nineteen races going back to january the 4th that i've put up selections for on fanduel tv and on tvg.com and and basically everywhere that we put picks out and i would like to think again maybe i've given some folks too much credit i know the vast majority and i'm going to hope that and i'm not hope Hang on. Had to pause for a sneeze. Um, I'm going to hope most of the folks that listen to the show recognize that I, I am a value player. If I'm not getting a number I think is fair, I'm not going to bet the horse, regardless of how much I'm interested in them. So these 1,019 races, have I bet on all of these? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Maybe not even a quarter of them. And most of them I've tried to, that are prices I'm trying to get alive in multi-race bets. But I have all the data. It's broken down by odds that they went off at. It's broken down by track and the configuration. So dirt sprint versus dirt route versus turf sprint versus turf route versus synthetic sprint versus synthetic route. Their odds, the payoffs, and whatnot. 
if you figure, let's round number ballpark, you know, you hear the, the blended takeout number of 20%. The wind pools are typically shorter than that. Call it 17, 18%. So, but if you, and you know, do base your opinion off of either of those numbers, whatever the case may be, because we're basically sitting at that. So through 1,019 races, the average off odds of the horses that I have given out as selections on FanDuel TV and NBC, basically television or on the website, uh, is 5.69 to 1. Now, in terms of probability to odds, 5.69 to 1 translates to a 17.6% expected win rate. My win rate is 19.7%, so plus 2.1% there, but also, again, as is the case with any kind of data set, you need to go through and understand that, all right, we're clipping off at 19.7% compared to a 17.6 expected win rate. Well, how many of the 19.7% winners are well below that average off odds of 5.69 to 1? How many are above? Um, you know, the, the the win rate can be skewed compared to the expected win rate with the off odds because there is a scenario in which all of your chalks are winning inflating the win rate and inherently maybe your data is a little bit off and that's why I really firmly believe the pick model is outdated I I think it's it is what it is uh it seems like the vast majority of media wants to go that way but picks don't mean shit if you're not getting the prices and that's what leads to this next piece, which is the most important piece. But I expected it going way back to the beginning, the first time I did this update. And I'm going to screw up the number a little bit. I believe the win rate or the win ROI was around 180, 175. It is now down to 160, which is 20% down. Again, if you're looking at it from a takeout standpoint, if you're using 20 as the number, it's basically we're down the takeout. If you're saying it's 18% for takeout, then we're down a little bit more than the take. The in-the-money percentage is 50.4%. So just over half of the horses that I give out are hitting the board with a return on the in-the-money number, which, again, is basically I'm operating on a $2 win bet or a $2 win play show across the board bet is $1.61. So it's actually slightly above the win rate. And there are many reasons that that's the case. I think the primary one is um, the contest sort of background for me i'm i'm very open and willing to and i know a lot of public folks don't like to do this sort of thing because you can look foolish when you pick a horse at you know 20 to 1 that runs dead last i I don't care that's not you know if you're one of those people on social media that says oh you don't pick enough winners that, that i'm not going to be the the personality that you want to follow then because i don't i'm not trying to obviously we all want to pick as many winners as possible But I'm doing it with the the understanding that at 20 to 1, the public, who is the best handicapper there is, period, is suggesting this horse is going to win 5% of the time. One out of every 20. That's not often. So you're going to lose a lot. But the idea is, if I can be right just more than that, I can be wrong. If I'm wrong 18 times but I connect on two of those, I'm way ahead. And that's the end all be all to try to get into the black. 
So to break these numbers down a little bit more, um, I'm not going to go through everything, all the tracks like I did the last time we did this. I don't even remember what month it was that I did this show, but it's, it's been a little while. Uh, I went through all the tracks. I'll just kind of update you on tracks that have come and gone and what um, some of the differences are. I guess first things first, let's update the configuration piece because that was one of the more interesting aspects for me. The dirt route races, there are 231 in the sample of 1019. Win rate is 20.3%. In the money rate is 52.8%. Win ROI for a $2 bet is 133. So down considerably, the in the money ROI is $1.35. Okay. So, well, let me finish this entire thought and then I'll kind of explain my conclusions from it. The dirt sprints, the sample is 318 from 1019. The win rate is 23.3%. The in the money is 55% flat. The win ROI is $1.62. The in the money ROI is $1.62. The synthetic routes, the sample is only 40. So probably not really conclusive. Same goes for the synthetic sprints, but we're working with what we got here. Um, a sample of 40, 12.5% win rate, 42.5% in the money. $1.47 ROI on the win end, $1.34 ROI on the in the money return. Now, again, 40 versus 235 in terms of a sample, you know, that's a that's a difficult piece to get around. But when I go into and talk about the difference between picking winners and making money, those numbers speak volumes. The dirt route win percentage is 20.3. The synthetic route win percentage is 12.5. The dirt route win ROI is $1.33 versus the synthetic route ROI, which is $1.47. So it's nearly, what, 10% higher as far as the return on investment goes with the synthetic routes, but the win rate is nearly 8% less. So if it's purely an ego thing and you're looking, oh, I, I had the winner, I had the winner. Well, you're in this case, if you were me, and other folks are going to have similarities, maybe not in the exact scenario like this, but you're you're going to have certain things you do better than others. For me, just purely on that, I'm better off playing synthetic routes than I am dirt routes, although I pick many more winners in the dirt route game. I hope everybody's following. The synthetic sprints, sample of 62, 12.9% winners, 48.4% in the money, $1.60 ROI, $1.69 in the money ROI. Okay, so that, taking it another step. The interesting thing that I am finding from all of these, and let me finish the turf pieces first. The turf route number was my bread and butter first time through. I think the ROI was like 230, but the sample wasn't massive. I think it was like 80 or 90, maybe 100. Now the sample is up to 263, so it is the second largest sample size in the entire group, the population. 18.6% uh, win rate, 46% in the money, but the best ROI so far, and yes, it is down to $1.79. The in-the-money ROI is $1.81. The turf sprint sample is 105, but this has been the big change, and I think I kind of unlocked a little something where I've just resigned myself to picking speed in these races. The win rate has gone all the way up to 17.1%. That may not sound good, but it was down, I think, 12% before. The in the money is 46.7%. The win ROI is $1.67, and the in the money ROI is $1.61. So the 
a few conclusions that I'm drawing from this. My sprint numbers in terms of return on investment overall are better than my route numbers are across the board. So dirt sprint, synthetic sprint, turf sprint, the ROI is better than that of the route counterparts. It's still very clear that my best game is betting turf. And now I can even go another step and say turf sprints, maybe I'm starting to finally figure out what's going on there because the ROI has gone up tremendously. The win rate has gone up considerably. I know 5% doesn't sound huge, but that is a that's a big difference when you're talking about, you know, a, a doubling up of a sample. The ROI piece, I'm not terribly surprised that, well, the obvious that the largest, you know, more than half of the 1,019 races, as a matter of fact, it is four, uh, 549 races are on dirt. I mean, that's just what we run on primarily here in the United States. I do think you can go through and find some pieces. So, like, let's use the the turf sprints as an example. Yes, the win rate has gone up. Yes, the ROI has gone up. But going back to the idea of signal versus noise, I know some people roll their eyes about Nate Silver, but I think for what he does, Nate Silver, I think, is a very good barometer. A lot of people, oh, your forecast sucks. No. That's the point of a forecast. It's not saying that it's going to happen. It's that if they do this 100 times, X percent of the time, this result will come in. And in terms of gambling, are the odds saying it's going to happen more or less frequently than what your forecast is suggesting? Because that's how you make bets. And for the long term, that's how you're better off. The $1.67 ROI with the turf sprints is probably a little bit of noise compared to Signal because there's one horse in there that happened the other weekend at Kentucky Downs, Gear Jockey, who paid nearly $50. I can guarantee you if you pull him out of that sample, that $1.67 probably is closer to $1.60, which is still a massive improvement for me over the past handful of months. But point being, one piece can change things. And while I say it's a little bit of noise... At the end of the day, from a gambling standpoint, that's what you're looking for. I could be wrong a lot, but if I get one or two, or God, I mean, God forbid, you get five or six of those kind of horses coming in, you're made. Who cares if you clip off at 9%? If you're in the black, that's the name of the game. Too many people are results-oriented. It's about do you have more money in your pocket than you started with? End of story. Some of the racetracks that have come and gone uh, since the sort of edition of this piece, Colonial, uh, it's not even really worth talking about. It's only a sample of five. I had three winners, but that, you know, it's, that's far too small. Del Mar, average odds of the horses I picked there were seven to one, even, 7.00 to one. Um, I had 58 for the sample size, eight winners, 24 in the money. The Win rate is 13.8%, 41.4% in the money. The win ROI, $1.24. The in the money ROI, $1.41. Not a very good meet for me in terms of Del Mar. Um, but Del Mar was not really a major focus for me. I had to put out one horse a day. Um, and then any of the shifts that I was on when Del Mar was also going, you know, it is what it is, not the end of the world. Um, Horseshoe Indianapolis, the win rates have been very strong. 
uh, sample of 35, 8 for 35, 20 in the money. So 22.9% winners, 57.1% in the money. The ROIs are $1.45 and $1.84, respectively. And I think that's an interesting piece that you can get the... Why can I not drop this down? Oh, it must be because I've got another one of my uh, tabs open. There we go. Troubleshooting on the fly. Here we go. So that is suggesting that, in my opinion, I've gotten maybe not unlucky, but I have had certain horses run very well at big numbers that don't always win, which is why the in-the-money ROI is considerably larger than the win ROI. And when I pull down my little drop menu, um, the dirt routes, I've got a sample of 12. Excuse me. Yeah, dirt routes, two for 12, seven in the money. Uh, the ROI on the win end is only 52 cents, so pretty shitty, really bad. The in-the-money ROI is $1.06, really not good. You've lost basically 50% of your investment. The big takeaway, the dirt sprints, average ROI, excuse me, average odds 5.17 to 1, a sample of 15, eight winners and 11 in the money finishes. So 27.8% with the winners, 61.1% in the money. The ROIs, though, are tremendous, 224 on the win end, 254 on the in the money end. So just flat across the board, if you bet $2 on the 18 horses that I gave out at Horseshoe Indy so far in dirt sprints, you're going to win roughly 28% of the time, and you're going to be ahead roughly 10% based on all of those numbers, and it's even a little bit better with the in the money types. Uh, Kentucky Downs, I think, is... Now, look, it's brutally difficult to handicap, but it is... It sums up gambling in a nutshell to me, at least with the horses. Sports, you, you need to have a much higher strike rate because, for the most part, you're dealing with either or, unless you're playing, you know, crazy parlays and things like that. But if you're just taking a side, for the most part, it's A or B. You either win or you don't. Occasionally, there's a push. but So you need to be up over that 52.8% threshold. With the horses, Kentucky Downs. Sample of 59 races. My average odds of the horses I picked were 9.99 to 1. Okay? I went 9 for 59 and 20 for 59 in the money. So the win rate is only 15.3%, and the in-the-money rate is only 33.9%. Neither of those are good. By most estimations. The win ROI is $2.04. The in-the-money ROI is $1.90. I don't know. like That crystallizes this whole thing perfectly. There's, there's nothing else that I can... If, if that doesn't sum it up, what my goal is from a gambling standpoint and what I firmly believe anyone else's goal should be unless you are someone that's getting a big kickback from one of these ADWs win RI not great one out of every six effectively I'm ahead I have more money than I started with that's it it's as simple as that it's as simple as that we all love to pick winners but at the end of the day it's about how much money you're making. So those are the big kind of meets or the additions, the rest of it. A lot of stuff status quo. I guess Monmouth for the meet uh, because I wrapped up my time there. I had a sample of 155, 20.6% uh, winners, 51.6% in the money. 
that's overall. Um, the only things I struggled with mightily there that brought that down was the turf sprints, which for the longest time was no surprise. I went one for 21 in turf sprints there, but 10 of them hit the board. So it's only a 4.8% win rate. But then when you look at dirt route, dirt sprint, turf route, the win rates are 22.7%, 23.3%, 23.3%. So um, if you stripped the turf sprints away from that, overall, uh, we are probably, if I'm just ballparking the numbers, probably closer to like a $1.55, ROI um, on the wind, which kind of would be on par with everything else. So just really bad with the turf sprints at Monmouth. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a, a, it's really sort of enlightening for me to go through and it, it holds you accountable. You go through and you see where your strengths and your weaknesses are and where you can improve. Um, I, I'm hopeful it's something that even if you don't put together a spreadsheet like I have from your own gambling, I think it's something that everyone needs to really sink their teeth into because we can all kind of look at things through rose colored glasses. But at the end of the day, if you don't truly know where your strengths are and where your weaknesses lie, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of in a boat without a paddle. You're You're just hoping that things work out for you. At least putting together some kind of a chart or system for you to truly go through and see how you do at certain places versus others. Um, and until you do that, I think it's gonna be very difficult to be successful or at least give yourself every chance at being successful. Again, a little bit dense, but let me know beneath the video player or send me a DM on Twitter if you found this interesting. Um, I'm going to continue to do it whether folks wanna hear it again or not. And if they do wanna hear it, I'll probably do it again regardless if I'm being honest. But um, assuming we're back next year with this show, um, probably around the beginning of the year would be a reasonable uh, check-in as we get ready for Gulfstream, something like that. So again, let me know beneath the video player on YouTube um, or on Twitter, send me a DM. Thoughts on this exercise and overall how your gambling has gone and, and do you have a way of going through and analyzing how you've done with certain things and, and how you've fared and maybe pieces that you can look at and, and try to improve going forward. Now I'm on to NFL Week 2 projections. I won't get so granular like I did last year. Right now, the, the player model is not, it's not really anything that's worthwhile because there's just not enough data. Probably I can introduce that, I don't know, after four weeks maybe, after the first month of the season. This is primarily ratings for what we've seen so far, but so much of it is pulled from last year's data. So these numbers, I feel good enough that I'm going to go through and do this piece, but um, I would strongly, I don't want to say use caution, but these these early weeks, I know a lot of people are gung-ho and, oh, we've only got 18 weeks to play. I'd, I'd rather feel more confident with once I have a little more data to work with, and maybe that takes away an edge, but to me, this is still just purely gambling where you're just taking a shot and you're hoping. So for what it's worth, the Thursday night's come and gone. Uh, Philadelphia won 34 to 28. My projection was 28 to 20. So a few more points, uh, but roughly the same. I had an eight-point differential. Game ended up being six points. Uh, Chicago at Tampa. I have Tampa winning 22 to 16. Indianapolis at Houston. I have Houston winning 18 to 17. 
Green Bay at Atlanta. I have Green Bay winning 22 to 21. Kansas City at Jacksonville. I have Kansas City winning 25 to 22. Las Vegas at Buffalo. I've got the Bills winning 27 to 20. Baltimore at Cincinnati. I've got the Ravens winning 26 to 21. The Chargers at the Titans. I have a 22-22 tie. I know someone is going to hear that and be that's dumb. You got to pick a side. I one of I mean, look, I've lost hope with Twitter on many fronts for many reasons. It was during college hoops, and I've I've said it on the show before, but for those that missed it, and I had a projection of a game that was going to end. I believe it was 77-77. Okay. And that was my projection. Somebody's like, you can't even pick a side. Like, what's the point of this? And the game ended in regulation. I believe it was 81 to 81. So I missed both sides by four points. But point being, I projected a tie and it ended in a tie. And I still had some nitwits out there being like, you got to pick a side. You know you can bet the game's three-way. You can bet on a tie in regulation. And typically, the odds are massive, 10, 12, 13 to 1. So, look. And by the way, I picked a tie in the NFL last year. Freaking game ended in a tie. 19 to 19. I believe it was the Commanders and the Giants. So if you don't agree with the 22 to 22 projection, that's your prerogative. I'm just telling you what the numbers say. What my numbers say anyway. I have 22 22. Sprinkle maybe some three way. Sprinkle a little overtime in there for that game if you want. Uh, Seahawks at Lions. I have Detroit winning 27 to 22. The Giants at the Cardinals, I've got the Giants winning 21-18. The 49ers at the Rams, I've got San Francisco winning 30-18. to This was the only game I was tempted to bet this week, but, man, that the spread is, I think, last I had seen on FanDuel, it was like 8. Still a big number. And the Rams won week one. Uh, you know, I guess Seattle may have their problems, but that was the only one I was tempted to bet. Uh, Jets at Cowboys. I've got Dallas winning 30 to 21. Commanders at Broncos. I've got Denver winning 20 to 19. Dolphins at Pats on Sunday night. I have Miami winning by two. And I, I believe that is where the number currently lies, somewhere thereabouts. I've got Miami winning 24 to 22. And then there's two Monday night games for some reason. Saints at the Panthers. I've got New Orleans winning 23 to 18. And the Browns at the Steelers. I've got the Browns by one. Cleveland winning 21 to 20. I'll do a deeper dive into these sort of projections when more data is available and I can, you know, start throwing in the player projections and things like that. But uh, that's what I have for week two in the National Football League. Let me know your thoughts beneath the video player on YouTube or send me a DM on Twitter at Bernier underscore Matt. And if you're curious and you want to know more about how these numbers come together, I can do that on a pod as well if we've got a quieter week as we get closer and closer to the breeders cup when most of these horses have already prepped and they're just kind of in maintenance mode maybe that's a a show that we can we can chop this up if folks are interested i only want to do things that people want to hear so really again that's why the feedback is so important as always please rate review subscribe thumbs up thumbs down make sure the bell icon's lit up if you're over on youtube if you're on the podcast feeds just make sure you've got your notifications on When this show is uploaded, when anything else from In The Money Media comes up, you will know. Woodbine Mile, NBC, 5 o'clock Eastern on Saturday. Uh, If you're looking for Churchill Downs Racing, FanDuel TV exclusively is your place to catch Churchill Downs. Uh, I won't be there until November. But, um, man, a lot of great racing coming up, and we're getting closer and closer. It's the middle of September. 
Breeders' Cup's only a handful of weeks away now. Now is the time. These are the final preps for a lot of these horses. Some of these horses we won't see until the first weekend in November out at Santa Anita. It's an exciting time. Best of luck this weekend, however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. This has been episode 172 of the Matt Burnier Show.